if you're in the, a Nehemiah, the first chapter, fourth verse, say amen. I said if you're in Nehemiah, first chapter, fourth verse, say amen. amen. Okay, that's better. And it came to pass when I heard these words. Now, what words did he hear? And I, I started over here. They told him that the walls of, of, around Jerusalem were broken down. The gates were burned with fire. It was a reproach, an embarrassment. And, and here's what Nehemiah says. And when it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and I wept. And I mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, listen, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Listen to what he says. Let thine ear now be attentive. How many want God to hear you tonight? I'm asking you something. Do you know there's things in our lives? And, 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 I, and I thought I was going to preach on something since last week, something else. But I believe God changed my mind about an hour ago, about two hours ago. And I want God to change my mind because God knows what you need to hear. I don't want to be uh, just so routine and, 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 and just go through it and, and I just have something. I, I want God to speak to my spirit and let me know what you need to hear tonight. And God has placed things in me. I'm telling you He has. God has placed things in me that the family needs to hear, that the church needs to hear. And I'm telling you this, if we're going to have true camp meeting, if there's going to be true revival, it's going to start in the house of God with people that hear what says the Word of God. And so he's praying now. He's getting down to minute. Let thine, hour, thine, thine ear be now attentive. And listen, and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. And listen, and confess the sins of the children of Israel. For we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. I want to tell you, churches, some of us preachers need to get up and confess for our church the sin that's going on in some of the lives. Amen? Now, you've got to do it for yourself. But listen to me. We need to call it out like it is. Amen? And God help the church not to condone sin. We're paying a penalty for that. What do you mean? People live together out of wedlock. And churches don't say nothing about it. They're living in sin. They cannot be right with God. You hear me? Homosexuality is running rampant in our society. Can I get an amen on this? And if we're not careful, we're backing up on our stance against sin. Listen to me. If sin's ever been sin, it's still sin today. If God ever hated it, He still hates it. Not anymore any less. He just hates it. He always has. We've got to stand on that in the church again. Can you hear me in the back? All right. The altars are open at any time. Amen. I mean that. Listen. Listen. We have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have, we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast into the uttermost part of heaven, yet I will gather them from thence 
and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set up my, my name there. Now these are, are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, I beg thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the power of thy servant, to the prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire, listen, to fear thy name and prosper. To fear thy name and prosper. How many want to prosper tonight? I'm not just talking. I'm not. I'm not just talking about finance. I'm really talking about spiritually. Amen. Oh man, maybe God, I got to get going here. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was a king's cupbearer. Let's pray, Father. I love you tonight. Thank you for the privilege that I have to stand. Bless your word. Can't preach without you, Lord. Need you. Don't want to preach any longer than you to have me to. Have your will and your way, God. If there's one in this building tonight that does not know you as their Lord and their Savior, please don't let them leave this building. Oh, God. And I beg that person that may not be right with you. Maybe they have backslidden. They backed up in their walk, in their commitment. Maybe there's an area of their life that you need to rebuild tonight. Don't let them leave here in that condition. God, you do the work that only you can do in life tonight. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you guide my thoughts, my mind. You touch my voice. You have your will and your way in this service. And we'll give you praise and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Nehemiah is a book about rebuilding. That which has been broken down. How many know there's a lot of things been broken down in the church and in people's lives? Now say amen if you understand what I'm saying. A lot of things that need to be rebuilt in the church. And how many know we, we serve the master builder tonight? Amen. <laughs> Hey, I want, to, I want to say this before I go on. I told him last night, and I want to publicly say this about Brother Calvin Ray Evans. I thank God for a man that still preaches on the blood. Amen. I thank God, and I told him, but I wanted to say that publicly. Hey, it's about seeing a work that needs to be done and allowing the Holy Spirit the freedom to use us to accomplish that work. How many is willing for God to use you tonight? to accomplish the work that only you can do. How many know the church needs people that will rise up and say, God, use me. Hey, rebuild me. Make me what you want me to be so I can be used in your service to build your kingdom. This is kingdom work. How many know this is kingdom work? This camp meeting is kingdom work. Everything down here. There is no place for jealousy between singers or preachers. Hey, we're building the kingdom of God. We've got to come together and lay down. Hey, there's no place for denominational differences. We're too late in the game. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is coming back to planet Earth. Are you hearing me good tonight? We've got to get the work done. I remember, hey, this is not part of my message. I'm not, bad, I'm not very good to stay with my notes. Daddy said, don't use notes, boy. You preach by letter, just let her fly. Amen. That's what I tend to do. But I've got a lot of notes here. Well, as I said that, honey, about kingdom work, we was in church out in California. <laughs> yeah, that's the front day. Maybe we shouldn't say that. No, that's okay. We was parking in the, the little church. 
We hold a revival every year. For years we have. In a little storefront church. In Rodeo, California. It, it's, it's, and it's me. It's not earthquake safe. Because there's a sign up when you walk in. This building is not earthquake safe. <laughs> and the way God's got to move in there sometimes, the walls are shaking. Amen. <laughs> little Freeville Baptist Church. We'd go in there, a lot of homeless people, people that lived on the bay. They'd come in there and we went there from year after year after year. Nine years. They would not give us enough money to even put a quarter of a tank in one of our buses. But we went anyway. Let me say this real quickly. You want God to prosper you? I said that. Remember this one. Our, our, somebody come to me the other day and said, you said uh, I, I talked to you at a singing. One half of his churches rejoice in, in uh, Tulsa, I think. He said, I called you one time. You was on your way back. Your bus had broke down in Wyoming. And you didn't have your book. And I remember that day. Hey, 20000 almost $20,000 later. We left our bus. A preacher called me. I said, I don't have my, my book, in, uh, book with us. And, and he said, okay. And I told him what had happened. He said, I'll share the need. I remember this. He called Little Free Will Baptist Churches down in Missouri that I went to and we'd all went to through the years. And one night they called me and said, Brother Danny, there's nine of our little churches came together tonight and we took an offering up. And we have $9,700 for you. I remember how I was speechless, those little old churches. But if you do God's will, God will prosper you. You hear me? Huh? And then, then this little Rodeo church, this little preacher, he called me and, and I told him what happened. He said, we'll get you back on the road. Look here. He sent me $3,000 out of his own pocket. When it was all said and done, there was some girls down in Missouri that they, they sold some land and paid their tithes on it. Iron, uh, uh, old concrete finishers, they gave us a little over $20,000, a little more than enough to pay for that motor. People did. Honey, God prospered us through that time. He made a way. I told Rhonda, I said, what are we going to do? On the way home, I'll never forget it. I said, what are we going to do? We didn't have no money. We drive it home. I said, what are we going to do? And she said, well, you know, we'll just borrow the money and we'll pay it back if we have to. And I, man, I hate to do that. Well, God had other plans. Amen. Huh? And I thank God for that. That's not part of this message, really, but I thought about that, honey, as I was talking about how God will prosper you. Want God to prosper? Then do things God's way. Oh. You want God to send His presence and power and healing in your life? Then do things God's way. There's many things that need to be rebuilt in our lives. It could be your faith that needs to be rebuilt tonight. How many know the devil tried to tear your faith down? He'll try to knock a hole in that wall where you can't believe God. When little Gable, when Gable was singing that verse right there, you prayed prayers over and over and your children aren't saved and the devil says, He ain't hearing your prayer. I say to you tonight, He is hearing your prayer. Sometimes God walks slow, but He always gets there right on time. Amen. Gable just, Gable just re-recorded that song that I wrote on their new project. Sometimes God walks slow, but He always gets there right on time. Amen. Boy, I kind of like what I'm feeling around here, huh? It may be your career that needs to be rebuilt. How many know the devil just used any way he can to defeat you? Amen. 
have people come to us all the time saying, pray for this, pray for this, pray for me a job, pray for my marriage. Hey, it may be your marriage that needs to be rebuilt tonight. Huh? Well, let's get her done tonight. Amen? How many know God can rebuild your marriage tonight? If you'll come to Him in faith and say, here it is, God. Here's the pieces of our life. We place them in your hands. Now you put the pieces back together. He's a master builder. He'll build it right. But you've got to do it His way. You can't make up your own rules. You've got to do it His way. Amen. Hey, it may be... Listen, listen to me. Listen. It may be your family devotional time that needs to be rebuilt or built. You may have never had it. But if you, have, if you don't have that... Then you need to let him build it tonight. And if you've had it and you've lost it, you've got too busy with other things, you need to let him rebuild it tonight. Anybody getting the message? Huh? It may be your individual prayer life that needs to be rebuilt or built in your life. I want to say this to you. You will never be a powerful, overcoming Christian without a powerful prayer life. The devil will wear you out. You'll be undependable. The pastor, the church, won't be able to depend on you. Listen to me. You have got to build a prayer life. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, about half of you agree. That's all right. For us to be effective in any area, we need to know there's a biblical way to build and there's a carnal way to build. Amen? And can I tell you, can I tell you this, that much of the church is trying to go with the carnal way. Let me just say something to you. I've got to throw some things in here. Hey, you know what? If we're not careful, we think we've got to be like the world, sound like the world, act like the world to win the world. I'm going to say something to you. You will never win the world with the world. We need the power of the Holy Ghost back in the church again. Hey, we've got to have a people that will seek God, see Him in His holiness, and let Him... Hey, we hey, hey, we don't need a gimmick. That's what people are looking for today. Give me a gimmick. We don't need gimmicks. We need the glory of God again. Are you hearing me, church? Oh, God, let them hear me. Oh, God, please, please, Brother Tim, we don't have to have gimmicks. You don't have to change everything up to make them feel more comfortable to the world. Listen to me. Hey, they need to come and know this is a church house where the glory of God is demonstrated, where the truth of God's Word is preached, and the power of God will fall upon them. They need to see that working, not just here, but in your daily life. <coughs> Man. Let me say something to you. You know what? First of all, Nehemiah. I'm probably not going to get over through all this message. But Nehemiah, you know what he did? He said that great and terrible God, great and terrible God, that means great and awesome God. Oh, I'm telling you, church, we forgot that we serve an awesome God. How great thou art. I wonder when the kids are singing that, should we stand or should we lay flat down on our faces? 
before God because of His He recognized His awesomeness. And I may not get to this at the end, so I'm going to say it now. When Nehemiah had Ezra read the Scripture to them, the people laid before God, and they wept before God. Where's the tears in the church anymore? Where's the tears? Very seldom do you see a sinner come weeping. Honey, we have lately seen some come broken. But, hey, hey, but no, let me tell you why that is. Because you never see Christians broken over the sin in their life. You say, well, I don't have any sin. You're a liar. How many understood that preaching right there? There is no man without sin. If I had preached what I thought out of Chronicles, he said, there is none without sin. You understand that? But aren't you glad tonight if we do sin? We have an advocate with the Father. God! Oh, but God, help us to be broken again for the things in our life that are displeasing to God. Mm, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time not bringing these two messages together. But what is displeasing to God? Let me see. Anything that's displeasing to God is wickedness. If I had a preach out of Second Chronicles, if my people should call my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then would I hear? And I was going to give you the formula for a camp meeting. You do these four things, I'll do these three. I'll hear, I'll forgive, and I'll heal. Hey! That's what we need in the church! That's a formula that God has given us for camp meeting! So somebody's going to be half to honest with God tonight. Some of you need to go home and clean house. I'm not talking about physically. Well, a little bit I am. Hey, the other night when I was preaching, and I hadn't thought about it until now, but it's like God in my spirit. He said, okay, they're my people. That I, want, I want them to take me home with them, okay? I'm with them. Now, stop at the door, open the door and say, God, Jesus, you're going in. And we'll follow you. And you let us know what's in our house that's displeasing to you. Because you said if it's displeasing to me, it's wicked. Now, I'll tell you, that will make us fall on our faces right there. Hey, things you watch on your television set. Huh? If you sit down and watch sitcoms about homosexuality and immorality, what do you think Jesus does when you do that? Boy, it's getting quiet now. Dad said when it gets quiet, you're preaching good. I must have got good now, huh? Huh? Are you hearing me, Pastor Joplin? Now, I'm telling you, God has showed me this thing. We're losing our children. Our teenagers are coming as long as you make them come. But 98% within two years of graduating high school has left the church. I told my wife, 98%, that's almost 100%. That's leaving the church within two years of graduating. You better have a house cleaning. God has spoke to me, spoke to me last week, and told me to tell you, Daddy, you better rein your family in now. He's coming back and you better rein your family in. And you better clean the house. Huh? You say, well, I don't want to face what... Well, it'd be better to face it now than later. Huh? How many is hearing my message in the back? Better do a house cleaning. We serve a holy God. Nehemiah said, great and terrible and awesome God. 
let me tell you something. America is paying and going to pay dearly for what they did to this awesome God. For the disrespect. How many know that we're disrespecting His name? We're giving other gods uh, a more uh, more allegiance than Him. Right, listen to me. I want you to know something tonight. Look here. Look at me. I pledge my allegiance uh, to Jesus Christ and Him alone. Mohammed cannot save you. Buddha cannot save you. Catholicism cannot save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you and change your life tonight. God help us to realize who He is again. Jacob Berry, the evangelist. I call you the evangelist. Jacob, we've got to get the message. We don't have time to play. Tomorrow night you come back and you'll hear him. I heard that in the prayer room, that breathing machine on there. Honey, tomorrow night he'll get up here and he'll preach. And then no one's going to rest on him. Amen. Amen. You come back. Listen. Let thine eye... Ear be attentive. Now listen, I'm going to give you this. Nehemiah was a man that knew how to pray. I, I, I told you he prayed. Can I give you this real quick? Listen. How am I doing on time? Not bad, huh? Listen. Listen. Nehemiah, he prayed in depth prayer. You heard it? You heard it? He confessed his sin. He confessed the people's sin. He had, a, he had developed an in-depth prayer life. Now listen. Get, get this right here. People, I'm going to tell you something. I'm talking to this preacher right here. I'm talking to pastors. You hear me? I'm talking to singers. We better get some other things out of our life and spend more time in prayer because we need it and we're going to need it more than ever as the day of the Lord comes and gets closer. Are you hearing me? I'm talking to Danny Ray Ledbetter. God has spoke to me. Grant, Grant, and I say this, you know why my, my, my father and your grandpa had more power than I do? Because he prayed for two hours a day. <laughs> Grant, they said he would pray from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock and you could hear his voice ringing through the hills of Arkansas. And my old daddy had no education, but he could get up and he would preach on anything. It doesn't matter what he preached on. If he preached on tithing, seven men got saved that day. You hear me? You hear that? Seven men got saved today, and the, the man that brought them said, Oh, Brother Jack, you missed it today. He brought seven of his workers, and they were all off. My daddy preached on tithing. Didn't matter. He had power, hey, 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 and he had fellowship, and he had favor with God, and God sent his power in the altar call, and all seven of those men came to the altar. As old Boss Ward said, I can't believe they got saved on the tithing method. I'm telling you, you hear me? We're, we're weak and anemic. Hey, sometimes we, we, we shout and we rejoice a little bit. But listen to me. If we're not very careful, it does not really ring clear in God's ears. Because He knows our lives. He knows what we've really been doing. How much we've really been praying. Oh, man. Oh, set where you are. I mean this. Give me a little time here. I believe God's wanting to do something here. I know He is. I know, I know about the anointing. God's hand is on this place right here. You hear me? You hear me right now? 
honey, oh, honey, I, I, I repent to God and to you because my wife says, honey, we've got to pray as a family more. Honey, I've been trying to do that more, but you know we get busy doing other things. And, and you know, my wife, she's at a little prayer grove, and, and she wants our family to meet there. And, and I, I told her I'm going to get you a big old bell. We're going to ring that bell, and all the kids on the land can hear it, and they'll come run and know it's time to pray. I hadn't got her that, but I got her one the other day at a, at a garage sale or something. And it rings loud, but I'm going to get her a big bell one of these days. Why? Because there's nothing more important for the Ledbetters to do than to get on our faces before God and pour our hearts out to God. I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you this for your sake. Hey, and some of them are praying right here in the altar. That's good. Honey, we've been seeing more of that. In the middle of the message, people coming down to the altars and laying before God. God, send your glory back to the church again. Oh, God, send your power back to the church. I got up and I was praying to go in and cast a California. I got down on my knees, Rick, Rick, just like this. I was dressed like this. And I prayed, yes, God, I, I don't want it to be routine. I just want, I don't want to go through the motions, God. Anoint me tonight. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit. He said, you ain't low enough, son. You see that little that fellow right over there? You guys can't see him, but there's a boy laying right over there on his face before God. That's exactly what I believe God told me to do. And I laid down just like this, and I put my hands here. And I didn't say much different, but I was different in here. I humbled myself before that almighty, terrible, almighty God. I laid down there. And my wife said, she looked down the aisle of our bus and she seen me praying. She said, I knew we was going to have a good one tonight when I seen you laying on your face. And we did have a good one. We got in there and we started singing, His name is God. And I'm telling you what, it's a fast song. But the anointing came in a special way that I'd never quite felt it. It came down and I remember thinking, my goodness, uh, the anointing is different on this fast zone. It, it was moving. There was a black sister sitting right here that was from a Baptist background. And we were singing that and the power of God was moving. And this is the next night. This is the next night after I told that story. about. I said, I, I lay prostrate before God. And, and I told that story and she was sitting right there. All of a sudden, listen to me, her eyes lost an earthly look and they took on a heavenly look. She was here, but she wasn't here. How many know what I'm talking about? Hey, some of you people don't know about this. I remember when my mom would shout the praises of God and, and she would look, and you would be right in front of her, she didn't see anybody. She was shouting the praises of God, but she wouldn't see anybody. She had already went into heavenly places. Amen. How many know we need that in our life? Not just in the church house, in our daily walk with God, in our car, in our home. God, send your power back in my life. Listen. Joplin, all of a sudden, she pushed the chair back in this multi-million or million-something church. It's a free will Baptist church. She pushed her chair back, and she headed for the outside aisle. And I ain't never seen such dancing in the spirit in my life as that black woman was doing. I mean, she was a getting after it. Listen to me. What did it do for the service? Oh, it helped it a lot. What do you mean? That wasn't her doing it. It was the power of God in her doing it. You hear me? I mean, she shouted, and I, I'll, hey, Brother Tim, I looked at the pastor and the people. I was watching them, and they were going, <laughs> The pastor was just like this. <laughs> he had never seen anything like it. 
Listen to me. Talking to you about the power of God that comes through prayer. She wore herself out. She came back to her seat, and here's what I said. I said to the people, you leave her alone. And I looked at them all just like I'm looking at you. I said, you leave her alone till you've walked in her shoes. And she said, I know what my Jesus did for me. I know what He's done for me. And I feel that every time I say what she said after service, I went back and I put my arms around and I said, Sweetheart, I sure enjoyed your blessing tonight. She said, Oh, this morning, you told that story last night. She said, This morning, before I went to work, I prosthesized myself before God. And she said, I told God, you know I hadn't been like this with you here, like this in a long time. I haven't taken the time to spend time with you like this in a long time. And she looked up at me and she said, that's why that happened to me tonight. Are you hearing me? Huh? How long has it been since your children heard you pray? How long has it been since your... Wife, husband, or your, or your husband, wife, heard you pray. How long has it been since God heard you pray? I mean, really pray. Listen, listen, listen. Nehemiah had an in-depth prayer life. I, I read it to you. Now, eight times in Nehemiah, Rick, it records eight times where he had spontaneous prayers. He developed his in-depth prayer life. So when... An emergency would come. He's sitting before the king. I need your help right now. And he expected God to help him because he had already developed the prayer life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He had an in-depth prayer life. And eight times he had spontaneous... I need you now. God, come here. Hey, and he expected God to do because he had already done what he needed to on his prayer life. Now listen to me. All the glory goes to God, but I'm telling you this tonight. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say amen if you believe that. Not long ago, in our home church, Grant, you asked me to come down to lead singing. Kevin. (laughs) Oh, Kevin. Are you saved, Kevin? (laughs) He's one of them that got saved in that revival. Stand up here. Turn around and look at these people. Hey, he got saved. One of them that got saved. It was worth it. Amen. I remember when I gave the altar call that night. People raised their hands, different ones. I said, if you meant that, stand up. And old Kevin, he stood up all as tall as he is. He stood up and out of there he came and he met Jesus. Amen. Listen. I walked back through the church one night, Grant, and Kimmy Stevens. I stopped by her chair. You remember that night on Wednesday night? They were standing in the back, and people's all around, and, I, and I'm giving glory to God. You hear me? But God brought this to my mind to talk to you about what he's saying. And he said, Danny, son, if you'll, if you'll develop an in-depth prayer life, you hadn't seen nothing yet to what I'll do when you need an emergency. Amen. You hear me? What are you saying? I'm saying this. Here's what I'm saying. 
When people come here that are bound by the demons of hell, I want to be able to lay my hand on them and say, in the name of Jesus, you leave them now. Is there anything wrong with that? In the name of Jesus. No! We need that power. People come and say, my marriage is falling apart. Lay my hands. Hey, honey, lay our hands on them. When you're in Haiti, in the name of Jesus, voodoo, you leave them alone. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I don't know if you folks are enjoying it. My wife is, and that's good. That tells you what she thinks about me. Huh? I watch your wife when you preach and talk too, huh? Mine's looking pretty good. It always bothers me when they take a duck head. <laughs> Some of you will figure that out on the way home tonight. Amen. What does he mean about the duck head? The way you do when I talk, honey. I... Honey, I walked in. I walked by her, Pastor Joplin, and she said, Danny, and, she, and I turned around. She said, would you remember to pray for my migraine headaches? Would you do that? And I said, I will. Started walking on off, and people all around me, and then the Holy Spirit stopped me. And I turned around. It was just an emergency, spontaneous prayer. Turned around, and I went back to her chair, and I laid my hand on her head immediately, and I prayed to God that your healing virtue rest upon this woman. I just prayed a small prayer, and I was getting ready to preach, and I left. Hey, some months. A month or two later, we was with her and her husband. She said, Danny, have you heard? I said, what? She said, you know my migraine headaches? When you prayed for me that night, I've never had another one. Listen, I want to tell you this. Listen, so I called her t- tonight. I was on the golf cart, and I called. I thought I was going to get Leonard, but she answered the phone. I said, Kimmy, how are you? She said, good. How are you? I said, Kimmy, how's your headaches? She said, oh, Danny, I've not had another one since you prayed for me. That was in July. Listen to me. She broke down and she started crying on the phone. She said, Danny, and she said, for four or five years, I would lay in the bed and I would scream in pain. She said, but you prayed that night and laid your hand on me and said, they're still filling my prescription, but I haven't taken one since you prayed. I haven't needed them. Hey! 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 Get up, boy! You get up here and you follow me around here. Hey, he puckered up. That's his mama. I didn't even think about that. That's his mama that I'm talking about right here. God touched and healed his mama. Amen. Hey! You want to shout to him? <laughs> Isn't that good stuff, son? Isn't that good stuff? Does that always happen when I pray? No. But it's going to happen more. Huh? Some of you, when a, a crisis comes, you've got to have the preacher. I want to tell you something. Why don't you develop your prayer life? Huh? Why don't you develop yours where you can lay your hand on your wife or your husband and pray that away? Amen. Oh, honey. Boy, this is not the way I normally preach this message, but this is good, huh? I'm enjoying it. Honey, I remember one night she woke me up in the night. She got up, went in the shower, and she ran it hard. She had bronchial pneumonia. <laughs> 
She stood in a hot shower trying to breathe. If it didn't get better, you got to go in the hospital. She said, and he woke me up and said, honey, you got to pray for me. She was, listen, my hands, listen to me, all the glory goes to God, but I'm telling you what, if we'll do it the way God said for it to be done, and we'll put time to develop our prayer life and to live holy and righteous and set apart from the world. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, man, woman, it availeth much. That means it carries a lot of weight with God. Righteousness. What do you say? Don't hear everybody's prayer? No. If you regard iniquity in your heart, He will not hear you. If you have an unconfessed sin in your life, He will not hear you. He'll turn a deaf ear to you until you repent of that sin. You hear me? It's all I got scriptures of it. Hey, listen to me. It, 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 you, you receive not because you ask. No, no, because you ask amiss. Doing it for the wrong motives, the wrong reasons. Trying to get things yourself. It makes a difference. God hears our prayer. What, what, what are you doing tonight? I'm trying to get the church to line up. Who is? God. With His Word. Huh? My wife said, you got to pray for me and I can't breathe. I remember I laid over. I was tired and sleepy. It was dark. Rick, I rolled over and laid my hand on her throat like that and I prayed. And I rolled back over to go to sleep and I listened to her. <laughs> And all of a sudden, an earnest spirit. The Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer. An earnest spirit come over me and I roll back over. With my hands towards heaven. I didn't say anything different, but I was different. I laid my hand on the throne and said, God, touch my wife. And I probably listen to me. And I remember when this happened. I thought, God, how are you going to tell that? Some of the churches that I go to, they'll think I went off the deep end. I don't care what you think. I mean that. I've come to a place in my Christian life, I don't care what you think. I'm going to tell what God did because I'm going to need Him again sometime. Hey, you hear me? You're going to need Him too. Some of you are going to need Him tonight before you get home. I prayed, honey, and I'll never forget this. And there was a tingling. started in my right leg. And it came through, and, and I'm, I'm being honest with you. I thought, God, is that your healing virtue? Do you think there's something that you can feel in people? I do, I do. Why? Because there was a little lady. <laughs> she had an issue of blood, a blood disease. For 12 years, she spent all she had. She didn't get better. She got worse. But one day, Jesus come walking down the road. <laughs> I want to be a representative of Jesus that I'm walking down the road, that His power will work, walk, will work through me. Amen? How many, how many want that tonight? When you're walking down the road, when you're going into the schools, when you're going into Walmart and the grocery stores, I want to be somebody that somebody can look and say, hey, there's something different about that man. <laughs> yeah. huh? Honey, I want it to be, happen more. A lady standing in line, she said, hey, I was at a buffet. I love buffets. I said, the buffet in Oklahoma. She said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. I said, how did you know that? She said, you look like a Christian. Amen. I want to look like a Christian. I want them to see, huh? Yeah. You say, is it because of the way you wear your hair? or your... No, 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 no. It's got to be something in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to see what he's seen in my eyes. 
when I'm singing, when I'm preaching, when I'm witnessing. I want more to see that. Right here. And know that I preach hard and stay straight to you, but I'll pray for you all night long if I have to. God help us. God help the church. God help me. God help me. I want you to see Jesus in me. I want it to happen more, Kevin. I want your children to see Jesus and feel Jesus in us. I'm going to fight for your family. You hear me? I'm going to fight for every church I go to for their family, for their church. Amen. That thing was coming through my body. I said, Lord, am I laying wrong? Or is that your healing virtue? With my hands toward heaven. In the darkness, all of a sudden, my wife looked over at me. She said, honey, there's a tingling coming through your hand. And it's going right out the back of my head. And I'm telling you, I almost hyperventilated. I'm I'm being serious. I said, honey, that just came through me. I'll stand before God for what I say. If I'm a liar, I ain't going to heaven. You hear me? Liars will have their part in the lake of fire. My wife's breathing corrected immediately. Uh, <sighs> honey, honey. <laughs> God touched her and healed her right there. In that dark room that night, I put my hands up in the air. She went off to sleep, and I praised. Thank you, Jesus. And I listened to her breathe, and I couldn't even hear her breathe anymore because God corrected that. Listen to me. God, help us. God, help us. Listen to me. Little Kimmy, honey, she said every, for almost two years, they take her every three days to the emergency room to get shots because of those, because of the migraine headaches. God healed her that night. And that's the same God, honey, that we serve tonight. My goodness. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to quit. I, I didn't even get into what I thought was the meaty stuff. God had another way to go. But I was going to talk about you, Mom and Daddy, how you're responsible for the wall when they rebuilt the wall in 52 days. Listen, everybody look at me right here. Every family was responsible for the wall right in front of their home. You can't expect the preacher to build the walls for your family. It's not enough for you to come here on Sunday morning and him preach. You've got to do it yourself. Some of you daddies, you better hear me tonight. You're going to give an account to God and you're going to have to start building those walls. Why? Hey, it needs to be a family affair. How many of you need to be a family affair? Let's build together. Listen, you don't have time to wait. You don't have time to think about it. Well, do I want to really get in this and pray more and do more? You don't have time for that. You've got to start building the walls around your house of holiness, of integrity, separation from the world. You've got to do it around your family. You hearing that? Boy, 
Man, there's so much in this. Come on. Come on, church. That's good. He would defend his own home. The wall was attacked because he had built that wall. Daddies, look at me. You need to defend your family against the attacks of the devil. Take it personal. Amen. Come here, boys. Come here. Come on, church. Now, this is to give glory to God. I'm just going to end here. These are my sons. <laughs> Gabriel, come here. Stand with your brothers. Come here. Now, look at me. I'll give glory to God right here. I want to say this to you, Brother Parson, I I would never want anybody to think that we did anything. God hates bragging. You hear me? I'm bragging on God tonight. It's all God. If, if it was left up to me, I'd have made a mess of this family. But I had some help from the master builder. Honey, wow! I had some help. I, listen to me, listen to me, I'm almost done. I used to think I didn't have a testimony because I never drank a beer. My brother Glenn, he was a bouncer in the nightclubs and he'd almost kill men with his hands and his feet and in the bars and, and he'd drank enough whiskey to float a battleship. Well, I met the master builder when I was eight years old. And listen to me. And I lived, Rick, in the home of a man that took directions well from the master builder. You hear me? You hear me? Listen to me. Listen to me real quick. We didn't have a TV in our house. Are you hearing me? Now, I have TVs. But we didn't have a TV when I was growing up because Daddy called it a one-eyed devil. Now, now you, you laugh about that. But is that not really true? I mean, come on, come on, come on. I grew up with a man that, Brother Parson, that listened to the master builder. And he took directions. You can't hardly give people directions anymore. They know everything. Even new converts. Listen, new converts. You need to shut up and listen to somebody that's lived the life a little longer than you have. Amen. So he can grow in the Lord. Here's my boys. My wife. And I have five babies in heaven. I want a little girl. I've got one. Because we lost her in the pregnancy, honey. But I said, do you know what it was? And they said, she was a little girl. And I said, oh, I almost had her. In heaven one day, I'm going to see my little girl. But my wife has always said that to these boys. Boys, he took five, but he left three. And there's a reason he left these boys right here. And these boys should never take that lightly. How many know what I'm saying? They should never take lightly that God took five of our children, but he left Grant, Garrett, and Gabe. She's always made a point that, honey, I want them to know there's something important for them boys. God left them here for a reason. 
Honey, boys, I've had to apologize to you with tears because sometimes I, I haven't handled you right when I was raising you. I remember one time I was with tears and Grant said, Grant, in one situation, it come back and bothered me. I, I was a little too rough on him. And I said, son, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, oh, Daddy, you didn't do anything wrong, but I had to tell him that I didn't build you right that day. I want to be. I want to build a family right. And when I'm not the light I should be, I want to be godly enough to go to my boys and say, that's not the way God would have handled that situation. I want to go to my wife and I have and say, honey, I'm sorry I talked to you that way. You didn't deserve that. That's not the way God would do things. How many say amen to this, huh? And you have to me. And boys, you have to me too. You learned it from somewhere. But do you know this? I thought I didn't have a testimony because I never smoked a cigarette. I never drank a beer. I never went in the nightclubs. I'd never done any of the things that my brother had done. And then God said, you've got a great testimony, son. You tell him I'm bigger than, I'm a big God. I can save guys like your brother out of that. But I'm bigger than that. I can keep him out of it too. Amen. Can I say something to you? And I'll give glory to God. All my sons have the same testimony as their daddy. They've never drank a beer. Never smoked a cigarette. I love you, Bubby. I love you, Bub. I love you, Bub. Thanks for loving him. You've got to be a master builder. I've seen that little baby growing inside of your wife. Now you've got to be a builder. You've got to build them for little Jack and little Ray back there in your home, in your setting. Are you hearing the message tonight? Gabriel, you've got a precious woman of God as your wife. You've got to start building those walls. And I believe they're doing that. Amen. If you want to be a builder for God and build the right walls. Listen to me. I'm going to say something to you and I'm quitting here. Hey, guys, listen. A watchman in the Word of God. In Ezekiel, when, he, when they stood on the wall and the, the watchman would watch, he would watch for the enemy coming. Look here, watch, watch this now. But not only would he watch what was going on outside, he would turn and watch what was going on inside. A lot of your attacks won't be from the outside. It's from the inside of your home. From the inside. You've got to build protection there. You've got to turn and look at what's going on. In your house, if you raise your children up worldly, they'll become worldly. And you'll lose them to the world. Now, you mark this down. Everybody mark this down. You taking notes? Write this down, what Brother Danny said. If you raise your children up and get them used to the world, the world will get used to them, and they'll become worthy one day, and they'll have nothing to do with the church. You hear me? 98% leaving? Yeah, I believe this Word of God says they'll come back. Listen to me, friend. You need to bring them up in, in such a way. And, don't, and Hey, I want to say this to you. Don't you... Get used to the statement and the mindset of the church. You know, if we're not careful, we say, well, they're going to sow their wild oats. No, they don't need to sow their wild oats. They need to keep their life in Christ Jesus. It's not the will of God for them to go out. Bow your heads. Close your eyes for a minute. Let me ask you a question. Oh, thank you, Father God. I want to ask you this, and this is between you and God. Anybody here that don't know for sure you're ready to meet God in peace? Anybody in this building 
that does not know for certain that if he came back tonight, it's about 15 till 9. If he came back at 9 o'clock, is there anyone, this between you and God, that say, Preacher, I don't know that I'm ready to meet God in peace. Please pray for me if that's you and you want us to pray for you. Raise your hand up. God bless you, son. I see your hand. I see you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Bless you, dear. Anybody else want to raise your hand? All right. The rest of you sitting here, look at me. I'm doing this more than I ever have. If you want to be a better builder, if you would have built strong walls of protection and hope around your family, and you want to do a better job of that, and you want God to be able to speak to you, incline His ear, I want you to get up out of your seat all over this building if you're a Christian, and you want to be a better builder for Him tonight. I want you to come and, and get around these altars, down the middle aisles, down the side aisle. God, God, let us be master builders for you. Amen. Thank God. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. And hey, some of you, some of you young people, raise your hands that you didn't know you were a Christian, you come down here and you raise your hand if you want somebody to pray for you. We'll pray for you. Come on. Find you a place to pray. God help us to build strong walls.